It's Wednesday, and a new episode of I've Got a Secret starts now. I'm Robin McGraw, and thank you so much for listening. I've just got to say that the response to this podcast still just blows me away. And make sure to visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com to join my secret squad and check out all the fun we have behind the scenes and also check out the extras from all of our episodes. You'll see how much fun it is to be here and be a part of it. So now let's get on with this week's topic. The title of today's episode is The Secret to Hair Transformation. All of you that have listened to our seventh episode with Lipstick Nick heard my story about getting an eyebrow transplant. So it got me thinking, I needed to do an episode all about hair, eyebrows, and for my men out there, facial hair can completely transform your look without surgery. I have two guests that are absolute experts on this topic. Lee Rittner is a celebrity hairstylist specializing in precision haircuts, styling, and men's grooming. He has serviced A-listers like Gwyneth Paltrow, Diane Keaton, Chrissy Teigen, Mila Kunis, and so many more. Lee is the owner of Totally Salon in Beverly Hills and recently launched his Totally Hair Care line. I just know that Lee is going to give us all of the hair secrets. And thank you very much for being here, Lee. Also with me is someone you should all be familiar with. Dr. Mark Dower is the genius who performed my eyebrow transplant. We'll be talking about that in depth today. I have never been happier than I was the day I walked out of your office with my new eyebrows, Dr. Dower. I just love them. Dr. Dower is a hair restoration specialist owning a private practice in Los Angeles that is devoted to hair and eyebrow transplants. Dr. Dower is the co-author of the book, Understanding Hair Restoration and Hair Loss, and he is a contributor on the Today Show and the Doctors as the expert hair restoration surgeon. Talk about transformations. Thank you for being here, Dr. Dower. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Okay. Let's just get to it because I think this is such an interesting topic. I think it has nothing to do with the town we live in. Also, a lot of people will say, well, Hollywood, L.A., the business. That's not really what it's about, in my opinion. I think it's about how we want to look and how we want to feel when we look at ourselves in the mirror or when we meet or greet someone else. We always want to look our best, correct? Yep. Men's Mm -hmm. beauty is the fastest growing uh, in the beauty world. I agree. And I'm so excited about this topic and about having the two of you here to talk about it. And let's just continue on. When you say that, it's just as important for men as it is for women. Yeah, of course. I mean, when it comes to hair and any type of vanity or beauty in general with men, it makes us feel confident, right? Uh, When a woman gets ready to start her day, the first thing she's going to really kind of play with is her hair. Mm -hmm. And then everything comes after that. At least that's my experience. I agree. The male, I feel, has evolved and it's okay now to, you know, get facials mm-hmm. or wear skin cream or mm-hmm. eye cream or whatever it is. Go to a high-end salon rather than a barbershop. Not that there's anything wrong with that, a barbershop, but it's men want to be confident and look good just like women do. I wonder why it used to be such a taboo thing for men to admit that they want to look their best. It used to be that way. I've raised two young men, 33 and 40, and you were just talking about 
men and their grooming, their facials, their hair, that kind of thing. I can remember when my two boys were early teens. I would insist they get facials and they would go, Mom, no, don't tell anyone you booked me a facial. I don't want to do that. But, and I had to work really hard to talk them into it, but they would finally do it and they loved it. And so I really wanted to get them into the art of grooming. Just taking care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. God gives you this temple and you have to take care of your temple, whether you're yes. a man or a woman. And I think just the old school philosophy is that men need to be men. Mm-hmm. They need to look raw, have tough hands. And my stepdad's English and he's the most masculine human being mm-hmm. on the planet. Like he can't even feel the palms of his hands because they're just all callous at this point. But he's never used hair product in his whole life until I developed my line. He's just doing it to be nice. But yeah, it's just this like taboo old school train of thought that men need to be men. But you can be a man and still look good, take care of yourself. And I mean, when I was 14, my mom gave me for my birthday a skincare kit. And she said, take care of your skin. You'll thank me when you're older. Bravo, mom. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a man taking care of his skin, his hair, his entire body. I know when, you know, Philip and I, when we first started dating I started in on giving him pedicures at home. Put your feet in this tub and soak them for a while. And he was like, what? And that's why I was just saying about my two boys. I started when they were very young, encouraging them to take care of their skin and their hair and such, especially their hair, because, you know, their father does not have a lot of it. (laughs) And if you think that they were aware of that, the minute they could start looking around and going, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) My mother has a lot of hair, and my father doesn't have any, and my grandfather, Philip's father, was also balding. So genetics plays a big part. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't stop genetics, but I still felt it was very important that they took care of their hair as much as their skin and, and their bodies. Can you talk a little bit about that, how big a part genetics plays in hair? Genetics is everything mm-hmm. in, in most cases. I mean, there are causes of hair loss that are related to scars or to autoimmune diseases where your body starts to attack the hair follicles, but those are much less common. The most common cause of hair loss is pure genetics. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say it's your mother's father. It can be your mom's side. It can be recessive genes from your father's side. Either way, it's coming from your genetics. And so that's also why it's our job as a hair restoration surgeon to kind of predict to the best of our ability what your end point is. Because I see a lot of guys that come in and see me when they're in their 20s and 30s, and they're saying, hey, can you just get my hair back to the way it was a couple years ago? Especially guys in their like mid to late 20s they are like, yeah, it was like, it was down here a couple years ago. And my response to them is, listen, it's not about what you look like today. It's about what you're gonna look like when you're 85 and then Mm -hmm. backing up from there in terms of your hair. Uh Because there's a supply demand ratio that you have to keep in mind. The demand is the amount of hair loss that you're going to eventually undergo over your entire life. And the supply is what you have in the back of your head in the donor zone. And if you're gonna have a severe case of hair loss, you're not gonna have enough supply to match your demand. And so that's the concept that not everyone gets, especially really young guys, because they're they're like, hey, I just looked like that a couple of years ago. Wow, Get yes. me back to that. And I'm like, we can't do that because in 10 years, you're going to be completely bald and you don't have enough hair 
to cover everything and it's going to look horrible if you create yes. like an 18 year old hairline and then you've lost everything behind it oh yeah. wow that's that makes so, a lot of sense that's so true and as i've said on other podcasts and said just earlier that you did my eyebrow transplant and when i came in to talk to you about that and we were doing that i learned that you can only transplant your own hair why i I didn't know it. I didn't think about it. But of course, that's true. So when you talk about supply and demand, that is because a person can only transplant from their own head, with their own supply. Right. And the, and the more severe your hair loss pattern is, the less supply you have to cover it and the more you need. <clears throat> so it's like a catch-22. Wow. And is it a DNA thing that has to link up why it has to be our hair? Oh, it's hair is an organ, just like any other organ. And so if you were going to transplant an organ from one person to another, you'd have to be on all these immunosuppressive medications to allow the body not to reject it. And so it's your body would just reject it. So like if I took my little brother's hair, the only person's hair you could take is if you had an identical twin, not fraternal. No. Oh, it would have to be. An, I have a twin brother. <laughs> it would have to be an identical twin who has the exact same genetic That's makeup so as you. Do you know what? My daughter-in-law is an identical triplet, and right. they have the same DNA. Right. So, so they, they could. They could do it. Their their bodies wouldn't reject. But other than that, <gasps> and it's so interesting too, because I actually have patients. I have these. I have these two brothers. They're actually physicians, and they're identical twins. And and they both came to see me, and I said, "Hey, if one of you is okay going bald, I can take." all of oh. your hair and give it to the other and the other one can have amazing hair. They're like, no, we both want hair. So oh my oh, gosh, that's hilarious. So I want to tell a little bit of my story about finding you, Dr. Dower, because I had driven a friend of mine to his office. He was taking a, a mole near her eye off. So I drove her there. I'm waiting. He came out and he told me that he wasn't worried about it or whatever. And they, he sent it off. And I, and I remember I had bangs. I hated my eyebrows so much that I wore bangs to cover them. And because of you and my eyebrow transplant, I let my bangs grow out. <laughs> and I was so happy. But I remember I just went, oh, thank heavens. And I just kind of swiped my bangs back. He went, oh, your eyebrows. <laughs> I went, oh, I know. They're so ugly. And they were really very ugly. They were thin and the and they were very far apart. And they were just not pretty at all because I tweezed them and they never grew back. And so I always really didn't like looking at them. And I said, oh, yes, I don't like them. And he goes, well, I have a colleague, a friend that does eyebrow transplants. And when he said that, I swear I heard angels singing and birds chirping because I was like, oh, there is such a thing. And he said, yes. I was like, I can't believe it. I've always wondered there was such a thing. And he, that's the day he gave me your name and phone number. And I pulled over on the way home and I called and made the, an appointment. I was so excited. And to this day, I have eyebrows that I just love. I was so happy with him. You called for me to come in for a follow-up. And I said, oh no, they're fine. I don't need a follow-up. Bless your heart. You just wanted to check your work. Finally, a year later, I went back in. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for sharing that. That makes me feel so good to hear that story. Oh, I it's, love um, you know, I've, I've, I'm very grateful to get to do this because I, I get to hear that story often. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting because I'll meet people, I'll be at a party or whatever, and they'll say, yeah. oh, what do you do? And I'll say, hair transplants. Oh, that's interesting. I'll say, but, you know, but like half my practice is dedicated to eyebrow transplants, actually. And, and people are so surprised. And it's, it's so interesting because the response is either, <clears throat> wow, people do that, or the response is, Oh my gosh, uh-huh. I didn't know that existed. Yes. And what people 
may so the people that are like oh my gosh they realize it and the others don't don't necessarily realize that eyebrows are such a defining feature yes. of the face oh, yeah. yes. that if you don't have them and they're not i mean i know we happen to be in a in a time right now when big bushy eyebrows are in style mm -hmm. yeah. but even if they weren't they're so crucial to framing yes. to framing your face yes that if they start too far over or they're yes. just missing in different places. It just changes your whole look. Yes. And what I hear over and over from so many of my patients after they do it and they grow in is that people come to them and say like, you look younger mm -hmm. or did you lose weight? Like they don't know what it is. Yeah. They yes. can't even pinpoint exactly. Do you know that after you did my eyebrows, well, first of all, it brought my entire face into proportion. It, changed in my opinion it actually changed my look because it now it was so in proper proportion to the rest of my face my eyebrows were and the tabloids went crazy writing that i'd had a face left because i looked that different yeah balance yes and i and they were like before and after the facelift i was like no i did not have any surgery <laughs> and i guess you could call the eyebrow transplant a surgical procedure even though I wasn't knocked out for it. No. I was wide awake. Minor but, uh, surgery. No, yes. <laughs> so I just want everyone that's listening right now to know a little more about it. I'm going to let you speak about it. And also, Lee, you can speak as well about how hair transforms a person's look. But I agree that, too, that facial hair, not just eyebrows, defines the look of a man yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm actually, I've been transplanting facial hair too a lot really? recently. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask about that. Yeah, a lot of guys come in and they'll be missing little tiny patches mm -hmm. on, oftentimes it's it's on both sides of the face, like a little spot on both yep. sides. It's just a genetic oh, thing. Genetic. And, and I can take the hair one by one from either the neck and put it there, which is the best way to do it because then it's beard hair to beard. Uh -huh. Or I can take it from the scalp and put it there. And it's becoming really common. Um, wow. I've also done it on trans patients where um, female to male transgenders, where uh -huh. they, they want to to have more of a beard. Yes. And, and it can really masculinize the, the patient with, oh, with, yeah. with that beard. Wow. How long great. would that take you? It takes a whole day wow. to do beard transplant, roughly around six, seven hours. Wow. Wow, that is tedious work. Yes. When I did my eyebrows, and this has been, mm, I think maybe five or six years ago, uh, you took a piece of my scalp on the back of my head and I would say it was probably, would you say maybe two inches long or not quite, maybe an inch and a half long? Yeah, about an inch and a half long by like wide. a quarter inch wide, exactly. And you pulled the hair follicles from that piece. But when you took that piece of scalp, then you stitched it. I stitch and, it back together yes. and then it heals with a tiny little line that's hidden inside your hair mm -hmm. that you never yeah. see. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see it within so, weeks of the Yeah, so procedure. since then... Um, it was, this was, this is a funny story. So, so I used, I did every case just like you've described mm -hmm. it. And then I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, I can make your eyebrows better. And, and, mm -hmm. and she's like, uh, so I don't think so. And then my, my daughter who was maybe 12 at the time was like, mom, you should do it. And so she said, finally, she reluctantly said, okay, fine. But she said, you're not cutting me. You're not going <laughs> to cut that piece out. And I said, well, that's the way I do all my cases. She said, you're not going to do that. So 
there was a newer technique at the time called follicular unit excision or extraction, <clears throat> FUE, where you use a little tiny drill like that's about three quarters of a millimeter in diameter, and you extract each follicle one by one. So my wife said, I want the FUE. Like, you're not doing the strip on me. <laughs> that and, sounds a little nasty. Yeah, I right? like the FUE. Yeah, it's the FUE. I think yeah. she really said <laughs> FUE. <laughs> e. e. So, she waited so a while I, to say the E. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, the common thought at that point was that you got a slightly better result with the strip procedure because there was more fat around the hair follicles and with the FUE, you didn't get quite as good a result. Mm -hmm. So I said this to her, I said, you might not get the same result that everyone else gets if I do the FUE. She said, I don't care. I don't want stitches, you're not cutting me. Okay, fine. So I did her, her case with the FUE. Oh, wow. And she had the exact same result as yeah. everyone else. And she was thrilled with her result. Uh -oh. And so from that, once I saw her result, I said, why would I put stitches in and cut people if I don't need to anymore? Yeah. Yes. And from that point onward, I started doing every case, FUE. Well, so after you cut my scalp, my, retrieved the piece of scalp, uh -huh. get the hair follicles, they said, I remember watching them through the window in the lab, and they pulled the hairs from the hair follicles. Do you still need them? So what we did in your case is that, you know, we had that little strip of skin and hair. Mm -hmm. And what my nurses did was under microscopes, they separated that strip into single haired follicles. Because hair naturally grows in clusters of one to five hairs per follicle. But eyebrows only have single haired follicles. So I don't want to put two, three, and four haired follicles in the eyebrow because then you're going to have this like, clump yes. of yeah. hair coming out, which is normal in the scalp, uh -huh. but not normal in the eyebrows. So we separate them down to single haired follicles. So even in the newer technique, the FUE, I still I go in and I get these multi-hair oh. follicles. But the other advantage is that, let's say I'm going to do 250 hairs per eyebrow. Because I'm taking a lot of two and three haired follicles, I don't need to take 500 hair follicles. Oh, wow. I, I can just take 200 or 250 and then split them down and get the 500 that oh, I need, wow. which is really See, great. And the other better. great thing about this new technique is like, you have these little tiny holes that are roughly half a millimeter in diameter. They just close up overnight and the next day you have no pain. Yeah, <gasps> that You feel is great wonderful. and no Amazing. stitches to take out. So it's really, it's made it even easier. Not that it was like that hard before, I think. I think the most challenging thing is just the swelling and bruising around your eyes for a yes, few days. I had that. But but the second time. Right. But in terms of the pain, uh, this this is even easier than it was. That's before. wonderful. Wow. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. 
We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I'm going to take a break just for a second because there's something that we do on every podcast, and that's a drink of the day. So today's drink of the day is a whiskey sour. Our drink of the day is always on. I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com. You can go there and see a picture of it, and you can see the recipe for it. And so Rosa is handing them out to us right now. Oh, it's such a pretty presentation. Yeah, I Isn't know, right? With the different colors. Thank you, Rosa. Oh, she makes them, and they're just beautiful. So it has two ounces of bourbon, three-quarter ounce fresh lemon juice, three-quarter ounce oh. of simple syrup, and it's all stirred together. And ours is in a beautiful amber glass, and it has a, an orange slice. So that's our drink of the day. So cheers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, y'all. Oh, cheers. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, wow, that's Yum. actually really good. I haven't had a whiskey sour in oh, I don't think a I've long ever time. had one. Oh, really? Oh. So I want to talk some more about how hair transforms a woman and a man's face and look. Lee, can you tell us, in your opinion, let's focus on women for a bit. All right. And in your opinion, how can a woman really know what would be the best haircut for her face? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, one of my taglines that I always use is hair is the accessory you wear every single day. Mm -hmm. So it's something women should take very seriously. Having a nice expensive hair, not expensive, but if you're going to spend money, this is a good place to spend it instead Mm -hmm. of maybe buying an expensive pair of shoes that you wear once a month or once a week, you wear your hair hopefully every day. That's so true. Um, yeah. And it really makes a difference on how you wear it. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, for females, the desired face shape is oval. And then for men, the desired face shape is square. So whenever I have a new client sit down, I'm always thinking, okay, how can I make, if it's a circle face or if a a female has a square face or diamond or heart, how can I rebalance Mm -hmm. this and make it more oval? Uh, Makeup artists do a lot of the same thing. So it's about creating softness. And then with men, you're trying to create a a harder, more rigid shape. And um, it's hard to tell women at home maybe really how to do that. But I have to give it to Pinterest. They've really like mastered it. And you can type in like, I feel like my face is like circle face. And it'll show you like every single haircut that's (gasps) good for circle faces. Or I have a a five head. And it'll show you like every single thing that you could have for that. So So how would a woman decide what shape do I have? So there's only so many. Well, let's see here. I actually think that you're perfectly I'm you my, oval. My profile. No, you <laughs> Why are. Why did I do you, that? You have an oval face shape. Oh, I do. So that means that you basically can wear, not basically, you can wear every single face or haircut. <gasps> you can have bangs, no bangs. You can have short hair, long hair. So I look at two things. I look at the center so of their tight. face. I look at their face shape. And then I look at their neck and their clavicle. So that's mm-hmm. what I just initially am looking at right away on a person. And um, I know that a lot of model agencies, they look at neck length. And it's so, can they wear clothes? Can they do this? How can they be dressed in this? And these are just things that register with me. So with hair, when you find the perfect cut, a lot of people say, oh, you should change your cut as you get older. No, I don't agree with that that at all. That's an old wise tale. Sorry to interrupt you. I am so, that one bothers me, especially LA. It's, I call it the, the Malibu beach mom. Yeah. You can be like, walking down the beach in Malibu and you see like, you know, this beautiful blonde woman, her hair is down covering her butt and you get up to her and she's, you know, she's a older lady. I'm mm-hmm. like, 
Good for you. Good. Because I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh-huh. and then we moved up to Virginia just outside of D.C. And the women, that's like, a, it's like a rule. Once you get to a certain age, yes. hair's got to go. Yes. And even the color has to be different. I'm like, what? Why yes, is anybody like, doing this? Yeah. And, uh. it, and it's so unfortunate. I mean, it, I, I think I can say that as we get older, we don't feel old. We still right. feel like we're in this, you know, maybe older body, but we, our hearts and spirits are young. I agree. So, and we can wear longer hairstyles as long as it's tailored to us. Yes. You can rock anything. Yes, I uh, agree. I, I think that I can remember, we lived in Dallas at the time when I turned 40 and I gave into that rule that when you turn 40, 45, but really in Texas, it was 40, that you have to cut your hair short. Mm. And I went for it. I, I I was so mad at myself. Like, why did I do this? Because I really didn't, it didn't look good mm. at all. Yeah. And I cut it short. And I remember going to, I think it was Jay's football game for school. And it was at another school. And so we show up and I'm in the bleachers. And he looked up there and he did a double take. <laughs> kind of like, is that my mother? Kind of looking and staring again. And then he looked again and I was like, hi. <laughs> and he went, your hair motioned you like oh you my cut gosh. your hair. <clears throat> Ew. I was like, I know. Do you like it? It's you know, great, like, right? <laughs> question you like, do you like it? And he was like, Ew, boo. <laughs> like thumbs down, oh like my boo. Gosh, no. Like, I agree. <laughs> yeah, leave it to our kids <laughs> to tell us the truth. Yeah, yeah they don't lie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but yeah, I don't like that rule. Yeah. Um, I, I, agree. I agree that. Women should wear their. I turn sixty six in just a few weeks, and I'm gonna have long hair. I need to see your identification because I don't believe. Yeah. I oh, yeah. really don't believe you. <laughs> Thank you. Your mother raised you well as well. <laughs> but yeah, I like the rule that wear your hair the way you want to for as long as you want to. Yeah, but I. The only time I think, and this is a big one for me, when if a girl tends to be shorter, mm-hmm. or if she has shorter legs or even a shorter torso, mm-hmm. um, and let's say they're on television or music video, whatever it is, uh, social media, when girls are tiny mm-hmm. and they want super long hair, it actually works against them. Because mm-hmm. if they're the closer their hair gets to their waist, the quicker someone can be like, oh, they're tiny. Oh, and yeah. everybody wants to be like, you know, long and lean, right? Or, uh-huh. I mean, not everybody. Everybody has their own <laughs> thing. But, you know... I try to get people to understand that you can look like you have really long hair, but let's put it at this place on your body. Uh-huh. So on camera, it reads this way. And uh, I used to set a lot of looks for Sony mm-hmm. uh, music. And um, I had to learn that very fast because the art department um, for a look for a musician I was working with at the time, they were like, something's off, something's off, something's off. I was like, well, she wants these extensions. Oh, yeah. And they were like, they could have swept the floor behind her and we changed it and it may, it makes huge differences. It, again, hair is, it's the picture frame around mm-hmm. your face. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you remember Gwen, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. Uh, she was really famous for wearing the lob. She was the one that wore yes. the lob first. Yes. It was a bob that grew into a lob. Yes. And for people out there that don't know what a lob is, it's a long bob. And the reason that the lob works is that, Basically, every single woman can wear the lob and it will automatically correct any face shape uh, issue and give them an oval face shape based on where the length hits at your clavicle 
and how the proportion is around your face that gives you that nice, even uh, oval shape. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting because, yes, she looked amazing with that yeah. style. I, like I was just saying, I, I like a longer hair style for myself, but I have to have layers in it because I'm short and I can't go with long, straight hair. It makes me look exhausted. It mm. makes me look older. It, yeah. it just doesn't work. It draws so, you out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I have, to, I can wear the longer hair, but I have to have layers in it, especially around my face. Yeah. And if it gets just an, half an inch too long. Yeah, you're Again, all out of balance. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I look really exhausted and really <clears throat> old and tired. So that's so true. Yeah. The face frame is, personally, I think it's the most important part of the haircut when it comes mm -hmm. to a woman. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tend to use a, a straight blade razor, not mm -hmm. a feather blade. It's like a barber blade. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really sharp. And it gives me the ability to create very exaggerated lines around the face. Um, where scissors, if you tried to do the same haircut, it tends to push the hair so you can't actually cut it. Um, and women will be like, I don't want to touch my length, but I just feel like I need this and I need volume and I want this. I'm like, okay, so you don't want to touch your length, but you want volume. So I'll, I won't touch their length. And then all I have to do is edit something around their face uh -huh. and then they look like a completely new person. Yes. There's also tricks like if a woman's growing her hair out, mm -hmm. I'll they have the right face shape, I'll give them bangs. Yes. And then what someone, this is how the brain tends to work. If if you were trying to grow out your hair mm -hmm. and I gave you new bangs and you didn't have those before mm -hmm. and someone saw you, they're like, wow, your hair looks so long. <gasps> and because yes. the brain is looking at your nose first and then it sees the bangs and then everything around it looks long. Well, it is longer. longer but yeah. So it's a little trick that we can help women be like, oh yeah, it's growing, it's really long. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. <clears throat> that corresponds with my approach to hair transplants too because when whenever you're restoring scalp hair mm -hmm. you want to create the greatest amount of density in the front center because the human brain perceives someone as having hair if you have hair in the center in the front mm -hmm. so think about it like this wow. if someone has a mohawk they have a yes. full head of hair but if someone's like bozo the clown and super long on the sides but yes. bald in the middle you're you're bald wow <gasps> that's so true so so it's it's called the frontal forelock and and i always work to create as much fullness as i can in that center area yeah. and the, for the same reason i have a cowlick right in the center of my hair and it splits and like when i'm standing in my mirror in my bathroom the light comes through and you know, my fiance, her name is Summer, and she'll be like, are you starting to thin? I'm like, I'm not thinning. I've had this forever, okay? <laughs> it's a cowlick. And it's a cowlick. But um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, you can't tell that you have a cowlick because it looks so no. thick in the yeah. center of You're, his hair. Uh, yeah, your hair looks great. It does. You. Can you say that one more time? Your hair <laughs> looks great. <laughs> I have actually two cowlicks on, the, on my hairline right here. And I, well, I don't see them as much now because I've let the bangs grow out well even when i sometimes guys will come in and the, you know the calic in the back and yes. they'll be like i think i'm thinning in the middle i go yep. no that's the center of a circle it's yeah. the center of your calic like oh, no you're, so you're not interesting you're not thinning so back there with restoration i've been told that it's harder to fill the crown than it is to actually fill the hairline is that true like it maybe rejects more there it's not necessarily that it re that it rejects more. There's a couple different factors at play. Number one, 
is the crown is kind of like the watershed point for the circulation because the blood vessels are coming up from below. So in the frontal scalp, the hairline and the, and, and the whole frontal third or half of the scalp, it's being bathed in tons of blood supply that's coming up from the forehead. Hmm. But the crown is kind of like that watershed point that like it's, it's, it's getting supply from the back and from the front, but it's kind of in the middle in no, in no man's land. So that can possibly have an effect of some sort. But I think a even bigger reason of why it's sometimes a little bit harder to, to make the crown, you know, look really full is that oftentimes when people are losing it in the crown, it ends up becoming a much bigger area. Like if you measure it, just in centimeters squared or whatever, square square footage or whatever, mm -hmm. it's it's a much bigger area. So it requires so much more to cover it. Whereas in the front, oftentimes it's it's a much smaller area and you can create. So I think you combine those two factors together, Makes it, sense. it can be a little bit more challenging in the crown, but we can still make it better too. I mean, yeah. the, there's there's so many other factors at play too, you know the skin color versus the hair color yeah it's a huge thing like you were saying before when you're in the bathroom and the fluorescent light is shining down yeah. you know i Not hear forgiving. this all the time like guys are coming into my office and they just get out of the shower their hair is wet yes okay so it looks the worst when it's wet they've got this bright fluorescent light shining down from above yep. and they're like oh my god i'm bald i'm like Half the people I know are bald in, in those circumstances. Yes. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, yes. that's not a yes. real world circumstance. Yeah. I mean, turn the fluorescent light off and let your hair dry and you don't look bald anymore. Uh -huh. Right. You know, uh -huh. I mean, yes, there's a middle ground there. But but oftentimes, I mean, I do hear that a lot. And it's important that, you know, you need to kind of evaluate yourself in different scenarios right. and yeah. and 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 realize that it's not always what you're seeing under one certain type of lighting. Yeah or style. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. I'm sure you get asked this one question a lot, but do ball caps, wearing ball caps, does it thin your hair? No, oh, but I get that. So I get that question a lot. It, 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 do, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't thin your hair, but, but here's what can affect your hair. Anything that puts tension or traction okay. on the hair follicle. So, so a baseball cap, that's like normal, not too tight and, that's not going to have any so, appreciable so effects. So causing uh, some heat, sweat, whatever, because of wearing the ball cap every day. Not necessarily. Not no, but oh, I'll tell you this. If you're already... If, you already have, I've seen if you're predisposed in. to be genetically someone that will lose their hair, will that maybe speed it up? No, not necessarily. Not if it's, if it's not putting Good any traction on it, no. But on the other side, if you're predisposed to losing your hair and you're out in the sun a lot, and you don't wear a ball cap, oh. then that can actually con you know, contribute to the hair loss. Because, really? because sun damage to the scalp is going to affect the circulation, and anything that affects the circulation uh. is gonna affect the viability of the hair follicles. Oh. So, I mean, not to mention the fact that if you're already thinning on the top of your head, you should be wearing a hat in the sun anyway because yeah. there's skin cancers and all these uh -huh. other things that you're at a higher risk for. So, interesting. something wow. else to keep in mind. Yes, because Philip just had to have something taken off the top of his head. Yeah, it's head. really important yeah. that if you don't have hair that you wear mm -hmm. a hat anytime you're out in the mm -hmm. sun. I mean, not for like a minute day. or two, but if you're going to spend the day out playing sports or just anytime out in the sun, you, you should wear a hat. Well, I'm so glad to know that because I used to worry about both my boys wearing ball caps all the time. 
and I'm glad to know that. Yeah, but yeah. I hear that question all the time. Yeah, me too. What about if um, a guy doesn't wash their hair a lot? The buildup on the scalp. So that's a good question too, because there's there's a middle ground between washing it too much and not washing it enough. Everyone's scalp is different, and people have seborrheic dermatitis and dandruff and things like that that can contribute to loss if they're untreated. But you don't want to be washing your hair every day necessarily. Yep. That's overwashing it. Yep. And if you're losing your hair, you don't want to wash it more than two or three times a week for sure. And you don't want to be too aggressive when you wash your hair mm -hmm. either because anything that puts undue tension or traction can pull yep. the hair out. So you want to be gentle and and um, you want to approach it in judiciously and not do it too often. Got it. Hmm. So yeah. you're saying maybe twice a week, shampoo your hair? Two to three times a week. And the rest you know, of the time only, you can wet it. You yeah. just don't need to shampoo it and yeah. scrub it. Lee, tell us your opinion on hair thinning. Is that true? That well, your hair goes through a cycle of thinning every few years? Yeah. So, you know, I was fortunate. I got to go to some pretty good schools when I was doing my cosmetology studying. And you're educated on that. It's like every five to seven years, you go through like a cycle. Oh, five to seven years. Yeah. And it's more of a hormonal cycle that your body's evolving through. And your hair, of course, is basically ruled by your hormones in a way. Hmm. Right? And um, like when I was when I was a little boy, I had pin straight hair. And then I went through puberty and my hair got curly. <gasps> oh, and as yes. I've gotten older, it's become wavier. And it used to be very coarse, but now it's, I mean, it's remained thick, but it's not coarse, coarse anymore. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my hair textures, I've had like three changes. Wow. Most people don't believe that I have like ringlet, tight, tight, like curls. Really? Yeah. And your son, you said you have a son. I have a little boy, what, what, yeah. What kind of hair does he have? Uh, he's a blend. My my fiance, she's Polynesian. She's from Hawaii. Oh, and She's uh, beautiful. Uh, and I have a... um. I'm Italian. He has like silky oh. soft hair, but it has a lot of wave to it. Oh, so yeah. you got some of your He's, hair texture. Yeah, it's a good, hers. yeah, it's a good balance. And then she has like a, a Pantene Pro V commercial hair. She could, gr oh. when I met her, her hair was just below her butt. And when you would pull it into a ponytail, oh. it was the size of like a, you know, a tea saucer. Oh, wow. And um, she's like, I feel like I need more hair here and here. I'm like, don't, you're crazy. <laughs> and, you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's actually what I meant. Um, so, yeah, I feel like our hair every five to seven years, just like our wow. skin, right? Our skin goes through phases. Um, hair is also going to go through a phase. So when it goes through that phase, both of you can answer these questions, I'm sure. Uh, when it goes through that phase, how much do you, how long does it take? And how much hair do you lose at a time? And how long does it take to kind of rejuvenate? I think you're, you're referring to something called telogen effluvium. Which oh, is, I was. Which, yes. I was going to say that, but I didn't think I'd yeah. get it out. And it's, and it's just, it's, just a, it's an evolutionary mechanism that everyone goes through. It's a, it can be three months or six months wow. where you just start to shed more than you were. You know, it's still, it's normal to lose anywhere from 100 to 200 hairs mm -hmm. a day. Oh, that's, yeah. that's completely normal. So don't yeah. panic. I, I would no. panic. I want to touch on that because I have girls, sorry to interrupt you, nope. that they're like, I'm losing so much hair. I'm losing so much hair. I'm like, do you brush your hair every day? I'm like, no. And I, I go, okay, so think about it this way. If you don't brush your hair for two days and then on the third day you brush your hair, every time you, you're brushing your hair, you're basically, it's like 
brushing a horse's uh-huh. mane, right? You're loosening up the hair, allowing it to come out. So all those hairs that didn't get loosened and pulled through, you're going to see all that stuff come out. So that could be almost 600 hairs <gasps> yes. if it was three days. Uh, so it's it's really good to brush your hair every day uh-huh. gently like uh-huh. Marsha Brady. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a nice, uh, almost like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like when you Exfoliation. exfoliate yeah. your scalp, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you touched on not being aggressive with shampooing. Mm-hmm. In school, they were always like, don't use your nails. Don't use your nails because it's it's too much and it's strenuous on the scalp and oh, hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, if if someone, if one of the listeners out there has really thin hair, they could likely be panicking right now because that sounds like a lot of hair to me to lose a couple of hundred hairs a day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're losing those hairs. You're regenerating. They're replacing the hair. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't really be noticing the loss. It's mm-hmm. just you're just. Freaking out because you see a couple hundred hairs in the in the shower. Okay, well that's really good to know because I will say recently I did tell the the girls here in the office that I felt like my hair was going through a phase. It was thinning, and I'm really into health, and so I kept thinking, well, I I haven't started any new supplements or 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 anything like that. I'm just wondering why my hair is thinning, and I finally realized it was this new hairbrush that. One of the girls at the studio gave me and it's supposed to help blow dry your hair faster. And I remember picking the brush up and it was full of hair. I really think the certain hairbrush that I had started using was pulling my hair out. Oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. So I sure. quit. Obviously, I, when I looked at it, I was like, well, there's my answer. I quit using that hairbrush and I actually can tell a difference already. So yeah. that's a something that <clears throat> everyone, I think, should take note of. There, if they have a new shampoo, if they have a new hair product or... Yeah. For me, it was the hairbrush. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Dower, what, what do you think about hair supplements when somebody wants to take something question. to help thicken their hair? Or I think hair supplements can help. They definitely can. Again, it's always important to have a realistic expectation when you're doing any sort of treatment to understand like what is realistic that this is going to do for me. And hair supplements are not going to grow hair out of bald or anything like that. Uh-huh. But for people both men and women that are experiencing just beginning stages or, or, or mild degrees of hair loss, I think hair supplements can help. It just depends. You know, different, I think different supplements have different efficacies. Mm-hmm. So those marketed for hair loss, to, to reverse hair loss, are the best or are the, there certain supplements for the body that's... I mean, the ones that are marketed for hair loss are are probably, they're all good to some degree. They all have different degree of efficacy. I mean, I tell people to, to try different one, you know, mm-hmm. try one for four to six months and then switch to the other one and see if you notice any change. Because mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that one necessarily has an advantage over the other. And I also think that for different people, one might work better than, than another mm-hmm. one yeah. for mm-hmm. other people. I'll tell you something else that I've been recommending to people for the last couple of years, which I think can have a positive impact and doesn't require taking any medications at all. Derma rolling, Mm. skin rolling. You can buy on Amazon these derma rollers, these skin rollers with these tiny little needles in them. You don't want to do it more than once or twice a week and you want to make sure your scalp is completely clean so a good time to do it is at night after Mm -hmm. you've done your 
bi-weekly shampoo uh-huh. and your scalp is nice and clean and very gently, you don't want to make your scalp bleed or anything like that, but very gently you take the derma roller and you, and you roll it without, obviously in women with longer hair, you want to make sure the long hair doesn't get caught in, in the little needles, mm-hmm. but you, ge- you, you gently roll it over your scalp and you create these little tiny micro abrasions mm-hmm. and it initiates a cascade of growth factors that I believe can actually help enhance the hair growth and make the hair just feel healthier. And if and if you're, whether you're a man or a woman, if you happen to be using Rogaine or Minoxidil at the same time, you can apply that right after you do the roll and it'll deliver even better than just putting it on the skin. And I think it's a, it's an easy way that, an inexpensive mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. of creating better hair health overall. That's good That's to know. Really good to know. And so you don't do it so hard that you bleed. No, you don't want to bleed. You don't want to feel a lot of pain. It's mm-hmm. just supposed to be a really tiny micro prick, and you don't want to do it more than. I'd be in once there or, like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. would be well, plus also <laughs> oh, it must be working. With the long hair, it can catch the hairs and and pull them out. So you just want to yes. just gently put it around, but but I believe that. it can help. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm going to move on to something else that we do on every podcast, and that's a game. We play a game. And the game I have for us to play today is called Hair Icons, and it's an association game. So when I say a word, you respond with the first celebrity hair icon that comes to your mind. I'm going to play it too. I haven't seen any of these. I want you to know. This is fun. I like this. I love games. (laughs) So short bob. Um, uh, Sticky. Oh, gosh. Uh, Twiggy, Twiggy. Twiggy, that's a good one. Yeah. Short bob. Charlie's Throne right now has a precious short bob. Can you think of one? Are we allowed to do other ones? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm... Oh, Anna Wintour. Oh, that's a a good one. Thank you. Yeah. The queen of the bob. That's the legendary bob. Okay. I just saw the next one. Stick straight hair. Share. Naomi Campbell. Oh, good one. Oh, yes. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston is a good one. Okay. Mustache. Well, Tom Salek, obviously. Yes. But Dr. Phil. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wait, I didn't even think of him. <laughs> okay. Who else has a mustache? Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, bangs. Um, Bridget Bardot. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Cleopatra. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. I won't steal it. Can we be a team? That's very just. Y'all are a team. Y'all are a team. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Anna Winter again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's another good one. She does have bangs. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> wow, I know a lot of this celebrity stuff. Yes. I need to get I a life. <laughs> oh, toupee. Toupee. Um, how many male celebrities do you want me to go um, through right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe yeah. Pesci, John Travolta, John Travolta. Uh, oh, Liam Neeson. Um, really? I did know that. Yeah. John yep. Travolta. Good one. They're bald, bald. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. There's a gentleman named Peeny, P-I-N-Y. Shout out to Peeny. Uh, <laughs> he's like the most iconic wig master oh. and his salons in Beverly Hills. Uh, but he's the guy that basically started getting all these male celebrities to wear wig caps. Mm. And if you go and watch like Pulp Fiction uh-huh. and if you pause John Travolta and like zoom in, it's like clear as day. Yeah. And, uh, he, that, he's that, bald, bald, bald. There bald. was a photo Elton. of him. Elton. 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 Donald Trump. <gasps> no. He, 
Donald Trump actually, that's his hair. Is it just a mega comb over? So here's, here's what I think it is. A long time ago, they used to do this procedure called the flap procedure, a hair flap. Okay. It was literally, they haven't done it in many, many years. It's, but what they would do is they would take a huge swath of hair bearing scalp from the side of your head yep. and they would cut it and then leave it connected in one spot so it's still at its blood supply. And then they'd flip it towards the front and then pull it back together on the sides. So you'd have instant mega hair in the front. The problem is, is that the hair here is growing at a completely different angle. And when they flipped it to the front, A, you had a hairline that was completely unnatural and too low. And it was also growing at a completely weird angle. Mm. So that's why like, even when his hair like blows out in the wind and you see it all over, it's still real hair. It's yeah. his hair. If it was a toupee, it wouldn't it look would anything go, like yeah. that. It would just look like a mound of hair. So, but you can see it's like it's abnormally low. Yeah. And then it has a weird direction to it. The whole thing is going at a weird direction. Yeah. And then right behind the front, where he has this like tuft from the side, then it all empties out. Yeah. Behind that. And so. Yeah. So that's why they don't make that sense. Anymore. So yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Like an epic comb over. It was an. It's an epic. Permanent comb over. Wow. There you go. <laughs> okay. And I, the next question. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Eyebrows. Oh. Uh, uh, good, Good. obviously. Good eyebrows, yes. Who has great eyebrows? Robin. I can't. Well. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Who, who's known for their eyebrows? eyebrows? Cara Delevingne. Yes. Good one. Best one. Megan She's Fox. Got- yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, now he's on a roll. Kim Kardashian. He's, yes. Yes. Oh. Even though I will say this, everyone comes in, and those are the those are the three top yeah. answers, you know, for whose eyebrows yes. you, you want to look like. But something that I tell everyone coming in, especially in today's social media world that we live in, is that everyone comes in and they're showing me Instagram photos of these celebrities, and they're like, "Yeah, I want my eyebrows to look like that." I'm like, "Okay." For starters, let's talk about the fact that their eyebrows don't look like that. Mm. Because in all these social media photos, they have a ton of makeup on. And what the makeup does is it conceals the skin, which oftentimes is much lighter than the color of the hair. And so if you took all their makeup off, their eyebrows don't look anything like they do in the photo that you're showing me. Oh, yeah. So it's always important that you keep that perspective. Yes. You know, and then that takes me to like the next thing is like a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, doing eyebrow tattooing Mm -hmm. and 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 that as being a solution for eyebrow hair loss. And it just it never looks like real hair. It's not. Okay, full beard. I'm going with John Krasinski. Love him. Can I touch on that real quick? Yes. And we were, I don't know if we're going to go back to this. I'm just giving you time. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, John Krasinski, um, this is why I think facial hair for men is so important. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'll use him and then I'll selfishly use myself. Um, John Krasinski, he has a very soft face. You like his, look like him. I'm interrupting you. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. But has anyone ever told you you look like John Krasinski? No, I don't get that one. Oh, that's crazy. Thank you. you I'll take like it as a compliment. Him. All right. 
He, so he has like uh, delicate features mm-hmm. and um, well, his jawline and jaw are more delicate. He actually has a, a stronger nose. Um, so without a beard, he looks younger. He looks softer. So when he puts a beard on and it's manicured into like a stronger shape, uh, it gives him the appearance of a more squared and that makes him look more masculine. Huh. And to maybe a lot of females and men, sexier. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a strong, prominent nose, like a Roman nose, that also plays into that. So, um, you know, I have, I don't have like a Roman nose. I have a a softer shaped nose. Mm -hmm. But if I ever grew a big bushy beard, it would not work for me because it would pull away from you looking at the center of my face. So facial hair is very important, I think, if men want to have it. Mm-hmm. If I shave my beard off like completely, I'm like 12 years old within seconds. Um, and then if I – I learned this from Brad Pitt's groomers years ago. Uh, when he wears facial hair, the his mustache, his goatee, and his soul patch will be one length longer than his beard. And then his sideburns will be the <coughs> same length or maybe a slightly longer as his mustache in here. So what it's doing is it's creating the illusion and helping to define and show off his jaw. Really? That's so It's like shadowing with women in makeup, contouring. Oh, He's contouring yeah. with facial hair. Oh. Mm. So it's giving him the more it's, square jaw. It's just showing off his face shape more. Off. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's, it's facial hairs. I mean, now we can have beards and we can go into meetings you know what i mean if you look back into the 90s everybody had a you had to shave your face yes you're you're right well unfortunately we're out of time and i sure feel transformed from this episode and i hope you listeners do too if this podcast inspired you to change up your look tag me in a selfie on social media also make sure to follow this podcast on social by searching i've got a secret podcast on all platforms I post fun videos of each episode that you have to see. Also, when you go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, you'll see everyone's website and social handles on there. I'm going to let the guys right now tell you what their sites are and their social handles and anything else that they want to give you. But you'll also find it on I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com. So, Dr. Dower, can you give our listeners your website or any information that you can right now? Sure. So my, my Instagram handle is eyebrow transplant. So that's easy. Oh, love it. And my website is MD, like my name, Mark Dower. So it's mdnewhair.com. Great. Great. And Lee? <clears throat> um, my Instagram handle is Lee Rittner, and Rittner is R I T T I N E R. And also for our hair care brand, Totally Hair. And it's T-O-T-A-L-E-E, like my name. And then uh, LeeRittner.com and TotallyHair.com. Oh, that's wonderful. Because I I hate to make anyone wait. So they're going to be able to get to both of you and see your products. And also check out the I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for our goodies and all kinds of information. And you can see some footage from this podcast that we've done here today. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye. 